0: and this is the DEI Perspective. I am with Miss Jasmine Thomas. Miss Thomas was born and raised here in Port Huron. She graduated in 2010 from Port Huron High School. She went on to earn her bachelor's degree in social relations and policy from Michigan State University in 2014 and graduated with honors with her master's degree in public administration from Oakland University in 2017. Jasmine is currently the Community Development Program Administrator for the city of Port Huron and is responsible for administering all the Department of Housing and Urban Development funding the city receives. Jasmine is passionate about being involved in her community and is currently a member of the Community Foundation's Equity and Inclusion Committee, the Port Huron Police Department's Community Resource Champion Committee and the St. Clair County Diversity Initiative. In her spare time, Jasmine enjoys traveling. Hi, Jasmine. Hi. It's great to have you today. I'm happy to be here. Now, today we're just going to jump right into it. We're talking about multicultural awareness, and in recognition of our Multicultural Awareness Month, we're talking about mixed races. So Jasmine, um, again, we're just going to jump into it. When were you aware that you are mixed race?
1: So I guess to give a little background, my mom's white. My dad is black. Mm -hmm. Um, I was aware in kindergarten, I will always remember this story. I went to a Catholic school. I was probably one of three or four kids of color in the classroom. And this little blonde girl came up to me and said, I'm vanilla and you're chocolate. And I never thought about race before that. I was probably five or six years old. And so I went home and told my mom, and she was like, well, that's because you're brown and she's white. And that was the first time that race ever really registered in my head and that I looked different than my mom and my dad. Before that, it wasn't really discussed, you know. everything. I think it depends on your community, and I grew up around other kids that were like me, so it wasn't a big deal.
0: You know, I think that's very interesting when you mentioned kindergarten because my daughter is in kindergarten and she has a crayon that's called um, World of Colors. Aww. And that's how she then began to associate herself being brown and her friends being what she called vanilla <laughs> or beige. So it's very interesting at that stage how they then began to conceptualize color and identity. So that's really that's really interesting. Um, so people often are eager to figure out which box we belong in um, as a race, do people try to identify with, you know, who or quote-unquote what you are? Have you ever gotten that? What are you?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, In the most random places, mostly my, I guess it's because of my hair, it seems to be the questions I get the most, whether it will be people stopping me and saying, oh, do you have Native American in you. I had a guy stop me in the Burger King parking lot and asked me what I was because of my hair, and I and he thought I was Native American or had Native American in me, and I said no, I don't. Um, a girl, a cashier at Walmart. This was recently, like within the last couple of years, said, "You're so beautiful. What are you?" And you know what kind of like <laughs> takes you aback because I'm just trying to buy something and go home, and so I answered her question and. She goes, well, it's because of your hair. And I was like, okay. So I understand people. They're curious, inquisitive. Um, and i am always been pretty open about who I am. Being mixed race is important to me. I don't like that society tries to put you in one box. I think for me it's really important to embrace both. But my parents raised me with a strong sense of identity, and some children who come from mixed-race backgrounds don't get that. So I'm very privileged that I was exposed to both sides of my family. Um, I always have been, always will be, and if I ever have kids, I'd want to instill that in them as well.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, We had a discussion not too long ago in regards to the privilege and what does that really mean? And sometimes people correlate privileges. You know, I was a labor worker. I had disadvantages too, but really the identity of privilege is the color of one's skin. And so even of people of color, we say there's the colorism, the privilege Mm -hmm. piece of it too, where the lighter your skin, there's, there has been, you know, stigmatism that goes along with that, with the colorism of, you know, if your skin is lighter, you have more privilege. So do you feel that you have an advantage being of a mixed race?
1: Yes. And I would say, especially the color of my skin, I've never, no one has ever made a comment like, oh, your skin's ugly. If anything, most people are, oh, you have a beautiful skin tone your um, skin color goes with colors that I wear or or Mm -hmm. makeup or things like that. Oh, I wish I was tan so I didn't burn in the summer. You know, stuff to that degree. Uh, So I do think it comes with a privilege. I think that the media perception for lighter-skinned women of color is a lot more positive than women who are of a darker complexion. I think it's easier. It opens up doors for you. And right now, I think kind of being and sometimes racially ambiguous is a plus in the media. You see a lot of characters, you're like, oh, what are they? What are they mixed with? So I think it's harder, especially to be a woman with a dark complexion in America. Yeah,
0: and you bring up a great point that um, intersectionality is what it is about the colorism plus being a female um, and being able to waive the challenges that sometimes come with that. Um, It's interesting when you mention about, you know, the question of what are you? We talk about microaggressions. And as a culture, I believe that we are trying to advance ourselves to believe that our differences are a beautiful spectrum of the world. Um, The way that we look, the color of our skin. Um, You do see depiction of darker skinned women getting that, you know, black is beautiful. And you hear those messages But come along with that, there are microaggressions that are associated with it. And, you know, um, for that microaggression, which is daily, verbal, behavioral, environmental, I always say derogatory, sometimes could be negative biases and stereotypes of minority individuals. What are some of the microaggressions that you've had to deal with?
1: Oh, you sound white. (laughs) Because of how I talk or how I express myself, I would say that's one from the time that I've been young. And the idea that because you're a certain color, you pair a certain way, whatever it may be, that you have to speak a certain way, English, and speaking probably has nothing to do with race. So um, that's definitely one. I don't know if I consider this a microaggression, but I think... Identity is very important mm-hmm. to mixed race children, like I said. How you grow up, what you're exposed to. Um, so I didn't struggle, but I would say I questioned my identity around the time of mm-hmm. middle school. I had a couple instances where girls said to me, Oh, well, you don't really count as black because you're not black enough. Mm-hmm. You're not full black. So, you know, that makes you question your identity, um, your group of friends me friends are friends regardless of race but I had a girl who was a year older than me go to my dad and say oh well Jasmine hangs out with too many white girls things like that Mm -hmm. so and then my dad talks to me about it so then it quest made me question my identity as like where do I belong do Mm -hmm. I need to hang out with an equal balance of white and black kids more mixed children things like that so I think that if you have a multiracial child, it is so important, no matter if they're black and white, Asian and white, Asian and black, whatever it may be, to raise them with a strong sense of identity and expose them to both races.
0: I love that what you said about the strong sense of identity. I would feel that, you know, as you mentioned, you have a strong support system with your parents. Um, They cultivate that identity within you. And I'm sure that you know, in your home where it's safe and you're getting that love and cultivation and that identity, environment tends to taint that. Mm-hmm. So how does your environment influence how people recognize you?
1: I feel more comfortable in environments where I know people, um, around people that look like me, mm-hmm. I still feel Sometimes I want to say uneasy, but there is a feeling of where do I belong when I walk into a room where I'm the only woman of color. I've been in committees or community organization boards where I am the only woman of color. I'm the only woman, period, the only person of color. you know. And so things like that, I think you become more cognizant of your environment in those situations. And when topics come up that are racially... Motivated or things like that, mm-hmm. you kind of get defensive, mm-hmm. and you feel that you are have to represent because you're the only person there who looks like you.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you mention about the color of one's skin, obviously, the color of your skin then kind of pushes you towards more of that identity piece, mm-hmm. um, which can be. Very challenging when you obviously embrace your identity from both your parents, but then because of the environment you're in, sometimes you feel you have to represent one race more than the other.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say I appear outward obviously as a black woman, and that's how I identify. I identify different ways, just, okay. you know, depending, but in the cases where I need to represent that, then I'm going to represent that because it's important to have representation. And I'm very big on, for kids to have role models that look like them, Mm -hmm. to know that someone who looks like me can have a position or uh, be in a position of power or be a supervisor or things like that. I don't think I had a ton of that growing up. I wouldn't say there was a lot of women that I looked up to who were women of color, whether it be in the media or or whatever else. So I think that's important for girls, um, which is another reason why I want to be involved in the community so people can see, oh, she looks like me. She's on different communities, you know, and she's involved in the community.
0: Yeah, and that's so important. Um, There was a mentioning of uh, President Barack Obama, actually. Um, He was, you know— announced or labeled as the first black president, and you rarely heard of them referring to him as the mixed race president. Um, Have you ever experienced or been put in a position when you felt that you had, and you mentioned this a little bit just now about um, being put into a position where you have to choose one racial identity over another, Um, but again, how society acknowledges you, I do really feel that it's from the outward appearance mm-hmm. and as a culture we have to understand each other's different layers and be able to embrace that background even more. Have you ever felt that you had to hide a part of you because of what society brings?
1: No I've never felt that I'm gonna hide this side of me today mm-hmm. or you know this side of me tomorrow. I think that I've always been pretty open mm-hmm. about being Multiracial. I post a lot about on social media (laughs) (laughs) because things in the media will, you know, I'm like, oh, that's not fair. Oh, I don't agree with that. Um, You know, the U.S. Census didn't even have an option for multiracial until was it 2000 or 2010, Mm -hmm. which threw me. So the Barack Obama thing very much interests me. I read his book, his upbringing. You know, he was raised by his white mom Mm -hmm. and her white parents. Um, And so his identity formation interested me a lot when I was in high school. But I also think it's generational. I think that in the generation he grew up in, there probably wasn't a ton of options for identifying that way. And, And now I think there's more societal acceptance. But I do think you're correct that society labels you based on how you appear. So it's my job as someone of a multiracial background to tell society, this is who I am, and this is how I present.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very important. I think I've even noticed recently in, like, I listen to a lot of NPR news. (laughs) I'm a nerd, but um, I just find it so interesting what's happening in the world. And they actually brought up the topic about multiracial awareness, and there was a young lady that wanted to share her story about um, just – the challenges of really trying to acknowledge both sides of her mm-hmm. race, but also wanting to feel equal in part, in both race. And that's the challenge where we don't talk enough about that you have individuals who identify that are gen- genetically multiracial mm-hmm. and still feel that within both race, they experience racism. Yeah. And I just think that that is a huge conversation that we don't have enough that we have individuals that represent and that share the burden of carrying that and that we say we must embrace each every one but we don't talk about the reality that Multiracial individuals carry the burden that we see from both sides. Yeah. Even when we talk about the white race and carrying that burden of saying, no, we're not racist. We want to be for, you know, people of color. And then the black people saying, you know, we're tired of racism that you have individuals that actually carry that burden genetically. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I don't think we have enough of that conversation. Um, In regards to your professional life, Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel the racial identity impacts you professionally?
1: I have never had a professional experience, a negative professional experience, because of my race. I think I've been pretty, there's a privilege, pretty privileged that I haven't experienced that. Um, But I also think it's because of, What I've been involved in, I've always been pretty community-minded. I was involved in different programs when I was younger. So, like, when I started off at the city in 2012, um, the Talented 10th program through Sons Mm -hmm. got me the internship. So I met the city manager. He interviewed me, and then I did an internship there um, in 2010 and then went on to work for the city in 2012. So I kind of think that that connection helped people know I am already and I didn't have to I wasn't necessarily like a newbie when I came back in 2012 I had already been there in 2010 and then I was there for five years I went to Macomb County for five years and now I'm back but Macomb County working there was eye-opening because it's all way more diverse so I worked with people of, of who were Arab who were black white You know, Asian, and I always thought that was uh, that was eye opening for me because coming from Port Huron and working in government, almost everyone's white. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's just coming from a small community. I think, if anything, professionally, my biggest hiccup has been politically. I would say I think politics can be divisive professionally in the workforce, Um, and so I would say more so than race. It's definitely been more, that has been more divisive than race has been for me.
0: Wow. So Jasmine, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. And if you have the students that listen to our podcast, and we have students that are multiracial, mixed raced here, and, Mm -hmm. and they may be struggling with their identity. Do you have any words of advice or any words that you would like to share?
1: I think being mixed race is a privilege rather than a burden. It's how you look at it. And I think it's OK to embrace both of them, but also recognize that you are perceived based on your appearance to society. So I am a black woman. I am multiracial. I identify that way. But I am also a black woman because that's how society perceives me. And as I fight that perception for society to perceive me as a multiracial woman, I have to accept how I'm perceived, you know, think like you can Fight it and push back, but you also have to embrace as you appear. So, and I also think that the struggles that, um, you know, that black people faced I do, I face, have faced racism. I have faced, like we talked about, colorism, the privilege of being light skinned, totally gotten to benefit from that compared to darker women. So I think you can be all of it. And it's your identity, so you shape it how you want.
0: You're right. Well, thank you, Jasmine. It has been a pleasure having you here today. And thank you for talking about this and diving into your, per- your personal history. It's been really great to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it.
0: And this has been the DEI Perspective.